I'm Warren Berkeley with the Laurel Heights Church of Christ, and this sermon is being recorded to be offered on April the 12th. In just a moment, John 4, 23 and 24 will be read, the Gospel of John, chapter 4, verses 23 and 24. We are not at the church building, but we have our Bibles. I hope your Bible is open. If you are new to this, to this content offered by the Laurel Heights Church of Christ, would you please get in touch with us through the Facebook page or visit our website and use the contact tab to provide information where we can get to know you better. The website is lhmacallen.org. Listen, please, to John chapter 4, verses 23 and 24. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. This subject has been requested, and I'm happy to answer that request by starting here. What if you ran a poll or a survey on social media with this question? What is worship? Just this simple question. Three words, what is worship? What kind of answers might result? Sort of like a man-on-the-street interview of a previous time. A reporter would go out to Main Street. He would approach people randomly and without rehearsal asking them to answer a question on the spot. What is worship? Someone might say, I like to go to worship, but they sing the same old songs. It is so traditional and boring. It needs to be updated and changed up and mix it up a little. Another comment might sound like this. I used to go to worship, but with my recently gained insight, I've decided that all of life is worship. It's okay for other people to go, but I have arrived at this place where I don't need that to be spiritual. And another says, I think worship needs to be more exciting, more music, less preaching, make it fun and casual. That way, you would certainly get more people to come. Now, what's happening? The answers offer no definition of what worship is. The answers are experience-based, subjective, expressing one's preference, emotion, or desire. And who is missing in these responses? God. Not a word about God. How sad that so many people have some view of worship that really isn't much about God at all. Worship in our modern world is becoming more and more about what we want and what we like. And somewhere under all that self-focus, people may mention God almost as a footnote. Say the word worship to most people today, and in their response, you may hear nothing of God. Worship in modern reality is more about what pleases us than what pleases God. Many in our culture seem determined to redefine marriage and worship and the reality of heaven and hell. We want a religion that is user-friendly and human-centered and flexible to suit us. 
That's not only the problem today, it has really always been the problem. What we want rather than what God wants. So here's where I want to start tonight. This subject must focus on God. We cannot concentrate on acceptable worship if we neglect to center the subject in God. Not us, God. Worship has personal value for us, but it's not primarily about us, certainly not directed to us. Worship can lift you, motivate you, humble you, and encourage you, but those good outcomes are results of responding to God. If God is not at the center, and if His will isn't governing what you do and how you do it, acceptable worship has not happened. And the high-value benefits do not reach you, enrich you, or nourish you if it isn't centered in God, directed to Him. Here in John chapter 4, Jesus said, True worshipers will worship the Father. The Father seeks such to worship Him, and God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. Jesus centers worship in God who He is, and what He expects of His people. First, we're going to listen to Jesus, and then I promise I'll take us to personal application. What does Jesus want us to know? Number one, acceptable worship is directed to God. The word worship, defined from Greek or English, will yield this very simple conclusion, that it is directed to God. In W.E. Vine's Bible Dictionary, the direct acknowledgement to God of His nature, attributes, ways, and claims, whether by the outgoing of the heart in praise and thanksgiving or by deed done in such acknowledgement. The English word worship defined in Oxford the feeling or expression of reverence and adoration for deity. When we read the Bible, we are impressed by statements like this. In Psalms 89.7, God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints and to be had in reverence of all them that are about him. When you take the word Jesus used, whether you follow it back to the original language or depend upon the modern English term, you come out at the same place. It is about God. It is directed to God. It is our voluntary, sincere response to His absolute worthiness. Even in early English, when the word worship was applied to humans, it was about the perceived worth of the one acknowledged. That means, for example, worship is not the same as other activities. Political rallies are directed to candidates, parties, and humanly crafted agendas. Sports events focus on teams, talent, competition, recreation. A musical concert is centered in a performer or performers who soothe or rouse us with music. A dinner is about good food and good friends. A parade is about audio and visual stimulation and the exhilaration of the crowd. Worship is not the same. The Samaritan woman in John chapter 4 having this conversation with Jesus, was not asking Jesus if he knew of a good parade. 
Jesus' answer doesn't advertise an entertainment event. Worship is all about the attention, the adoration, the sincere acknowledgement we give to God. So think of it this way, God is the audience. Everything we think, say, and do about this subject must be centered in God. But let's take another step into this now that we are scripturally centered. Would you consider, number two, acceptable worship is directed by God? I want us to think of worship not only to God, but as directed by God. Back to that man-on-the-street interview or that survey on social media. I believe many would say something like this if God were mentioned. Somebody might say, as long as you worship God, it doesn't matter how. I want to ask you about that. Would that kind of reasoning work anywhere else? Try this, husbands. As long as I get my wife an anniversary gift, it doesn't matter what it is. No, you'll do your best to please her, to offer to her what she wants. When it comes to God and worship, it is not uncommon to hear this argument. As long as we're worshiping God, it doesn't matter how, it doesn't matter what we offer. Well, as we think about that, Let's bring in the voice of experience from the pages of Scripture. Let's use what we know from the Bible to interview historical figures. What would Cain tell us? Cain and Abel worshipped. You remember the story. Abel's worship was acceptable. Genesis 4 and verse 5 tells us God did not accept Cain's offering. His worship was not acceptable. Could Cain speak to us in person today? I don't believe he would tell us we can just worship God any way we want. I believe he would say to us, what you offer to God matters. I'm persuaded Nadab and Abihu would tell us the same thing. Chosen priest in Israel, God authorized the burning of incense in the tabernacle from hot coals on the offer of sacrifice. You read about this in Leviticus chapter 10, verses 1 and 2, and Leviticus 16, 12. These men decided it didn't matter. They chose their own fire for lighting the incense. Moses explained they offered fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. Their worship was not acceptable. Deuteronomy 12 and verse 4, the Jews heard this, You shall not worship the Lord your God in that way. The context is, they were forbidden to imitate the worship typical of the Canaanites. The warning was, that's not the way to worship God. Now, what does that imply? There is a right way. To assume that anything we come up with is just as good or superior to what God has said, is unbelief that results in worship not acceptable to God. God has spoken, and everything we call worship, everything we do, needs to be as He has spoken. Therefore, it behooves us to let God direct us in this matter. And that's part of what Jesus was saying to the woman. Those who worship Him must worship in spirit 
and truth. Now, here's what you can do with that without any hesitation, doubt, or anything like that. Read the New Testament. Whenever you read of Christians worshiping God as directed by the apostles of Christ, just mark that down. Consider that the pattern that you will follow. It is that simple. You're letting God direct you in that which is pleasing to Him and directed to Him. The sophisticated modern approach is sometimes called crafting a theology of contemporary worship. So men get together around a table and take into account local and historical tradition and culture. They brainstorm, debate, and compromise and come up with a worship style that everybody is happy with, and then they revise it every two years. And in that process, you may hear someone who is really clever saying something like, the old is cold and the new is true. Well, that's clever, but we're not after what is clever. We are interested in what is real, what is true, directed to God and directed by God. Why not just read the New Testament? Whenever you read of Christians worshiping God, just mark that down and consider that the pattern that you will follow. It is that simple. Focusing on the assembly of Christians, the acts of acceptable worship are easily determined in this way. Christians are praying in Acts 4, 23 and 24. Christians are taking the Lord's Supper every first day of the week in Acts 20 and verse 7. Christians are singing in 1 Corinthians 14, 15. Christians are listening to preaching in Acts 20 and verse 7. Christians are giving in 1 Corinthians 16, 2. Christians are hearing the reading of Scripture according to Colossians 3.16 and 1 Timothy 4.13. How we worship is important, and we are not left to craft anything in a conference room or watch what community churches do. D.A. Carson has said, We cannot ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name if we are consumed by self-love, or intoxicated by pitiful visions of our own greatness or independence. In many modern churches, the Bible is nearly silent. You hear the band, not the Bible. Authentic preaching of the Word of God is put somewhere behind self-expression. The drums and guitars get more attention than the Gospels and the Epistles. Part of what's happening here is churches are seeking the world's affirmation rather than God's pleasure. So, worship must be directed to God. Worship must be as directed by God in the New Testament. And let's take another step into this subject. Worship is desired by God's people. While worship is not limited to a physical structure, and we are hindered about doing that now, I would ask you to consider this as applied to the normal circumstances we hope to resume. Who would want to come to a meeting where the only attraction is God? Let's say there's 
There's no band and no play or skit or community talent show, no comedy monologue, no sports, no food. Who would want to come to such an event where the center of attention is God? And the answer is His people. Listen to Scripture. Psalms 95.6 Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. Or Psalms 122, verse 1, I was glad when they said to me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. Or Psalms 51, 15, O Lord, open my lips, that my mouth may declare your praise. The Father seeks such to worship Him. Worship to God as He has directed and as desired by His people is not like the order that goes out from a dictator for his subjects to celebrate him and have a parade in his honor. When a dictator in North Korea wants his people to honor him, the order goes out and they follow him. They honor him. But that's not desire. That is subjection and fear. They cheer and march and wave as if their lives depended on it because they do. In Saudi Arabia, Miss a prayer time, and you may receive a citation or be slapped with a rod. Christians worshiping God is not like that. Through Bible reading and study, we have become acquainted with the God of the universe, the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Judge of all the earth, the one who made us in His image. You love Him and you want to obey Him. And when your fellow Christians come together to worship, it is not drudgery, it is your delight. Have you ever heard preachers say, worship is a foretaste of heaven? If you want to worship God in heaven someday, of course, you will want to worship Him here today. What a joy it will be then in heaven. What a taste of that joy God provides for us now when we come together and worship Him in spirit and in truth. What a joy for God's people to ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name and worship the Lord in the splendor of His holiness. That's First Chronicles sixteen twenty nine, Psalms 100, verse 2, Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. When Jesus was tempted by the devil, he insisted, Worship the Lord your God and serve Him only. Let's review. Worship is directed to God. We should be engaged as directed by God, following the instructions of His Word. And God's people desire to bring the adoration of their hearts to God. Worship is directed to God. It should be directed by God following His Word, and God's people desire to bring the adoration of their hearts to God. Application of this is simple. Worship God to the best of your ability from a whole heart that is devoted to Him because you love Him. You want to do what He says. You want to do what He says honors Him through Jesus Christ. 
When we are able to resume what we do at the building, come back and ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. But do that now in the best way you are able, and with your life directed to Him who died for you. Listen again, please. John chapter 4, verses 23 and 24. But the hour is coming, and is now here, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. Now, who spoke these words? Jesus Christ, the one who died to bring us to God, the mediator through whom we enjoy access to God. Because of him, we can worship the Father in spirit and truth. Without him, you cannot. In Christ, the reality has dawned and the shadows of the old covenant are swept away. We can worship God, that is worship directed to him, worship directed by him, and that's what we ought to desire. Thank you for listening and watching. Thanks for the question, and if you are a visitor, please take your computer or device to our website and contact us, lhmacallen.org. Thank you for listening.